Dragnet. The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. A special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolfe. All right, about eight minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater Program 394 in the series. It's June 9th. To my right, the vivacious Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl, what's up? Well, Classic Radio is up. We have Abbott and Costello to start things off. Special guest Judy Canova going back to 1944. Then it's Let George Do It, Good Detective Adventure, starring Bob Bailey from 1952. Ashley Byhun is our producer tonight. So everything is going to go smooth sailing. Uh, we also have our game. Is it real or is it ridiculous? Sponsored by Cat's Pride. We sure do. The celebrity is Tom Hanks. And we are going to be giving away a pair of lawn tickets to Ravinia to see the Oscar winning film West Side Story with the score performed live by the Chicago Symphony wow, Orchestra. Very cool. It's right. a one night only thing, uh, July 12th. And this is in Highland Park. So just so you plan ahead. And we're going to be looking for the third caller. Caller three. Uh, so we're going to call right away. Call in now, 312-981-7200. Call now, and we will be right back. Come on, baby. Let's get All right, we're going to play the game with Mark. We've got him on the phone. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're Hi, great. Mark. How are you? How you doing, Mark? All right. We're going to play a little Tom Hake, see how it goes here, okay? Cool. All right, here we go. Number one, he is the voice of Sheriff Woody in the Toy Story movie series. Is that real or ridiculous? What do you think? Uh I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Carl, he needs some help. What do you Um, think? Yeah, I think that's real. Sheriff Woody in Toy Story, real? Needed confirmation. I'll go with real. All right, you are right. That is absolutely real. There it is. Carl got nervous he couldn't find a sound effects oh, machine, man. but all's well with the world sweating. now. Yeah, I, I can smell it from <laughs> over here. Okay, number two. He won a Golden Globe, an Academy Award, a Screen Actors Guild Award, and a People's Choice Award for Best Actor for Forrest Gump. Real or ridiculous? I'm just going to say real. I love the movie. Yeah, I say real. It's real. That was a giveaway, right? See? It's so easy. Nothing to hey, it. She's not so sneaky tonight. Right? No. I love that song. It's a good one. I've got Mark on the phone. I don't want to. I don't want to be so sneaky with Mark. Number three, at the age of forty-five, Hanks was the youngest ever to receive the American Film Institute's Life Achievement Award. Real or ridiculous? Oh my! Oh my! Is it a sneaky one? Let's stick with real. Gosh, I want to agree, but I just don't think it's real. I don't think at 45 they would give a life achievement. achievement. So I'm going to say ridiculous. Well, you should stick with your listeners, oh, and you stick with what stick with your can guns, Mark. You are absolutely right. It? You can cannot I, change it. All right, here's for Mark. <laughs> and here's for me. Mark was ready. Went with his guts, and Gosh, you know at what? Forty-five, they gave a yeah. life achievement. Yeah, youngest ever. See, that's wow. what was so monumental about it. it. 
<laughs> What's that? Say that again, Mark. You didn't know that? Come on. No, I right? did not know that. So you learned something. But the best news tonight, Mark, is yeah. you are going to Ravinia because you have won a pair of lawn tickets to Ravinia Festival in Highland Park. On July 12th, you could see the Oscar-winning film West Side Story. That is truly a winner with the score performed live by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. What a great evening under the stars. And, of course, you'll join our very own Dean Richards before the film for a pre-concert discussion. You can get your tickets at Ravinia dot org but of course you will be going that's on july 12th so congratulations and thank you for playing tonight thanks guys have a good show thanks mark appreciate you all right big winner and uh we have a text in line 312-981-7200 feel free to text us we love getting your texts it helps uh, lisa stay up and you know what? I'm going to share this text with you, Carl, because Ooh, somebody text. just texted yeah. in and said, I love your guys, but when yeah, you're giving but. out the phone what about number. my butt? Oh, I didn't say anything about that. I think that. these pants sort of hug my butt nice. I wasn't thinking that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What about my butt? Um, I love you guys, but when you're giving out the phone number, yeah. say it twice slower. or slower or both, yeah. I would say. I thought say. that very thing when you did it because you rattled did it Did I off. say it too fast? Yeah, she was like, three months and nine No, I didn't Plus, say it like that. Her words, you know too. what it is? I f- you know what it is? I feel like the people who listen know the number, but I should yeah, be but privy to the fact that listeners. there's new listeners. So. Put it in your phone, 312-981-7200. That is our number here. I want to check out my butt. Text, uh, I don't want to. I want to make sure that that these pants hug it correctly. I'm not sure you're hugging over there. There's no hugging action going over there. We had a bunch of people text in and said I should do more karaoke on the air, but... Probably not, huh? I didn't see any of those texts. I must I have did. missed them. People texted me directly. Interesting. I see the text in line, and I must have missed they all were of like, those. We like your karaoke. I didn't get Maybe those I texts. Do a karaoke every week. Did you hear from Simon Cowell? By the way, his manager called his who, manager. Who, and who might that um, be? I, and I told him, you know, talk to my people and your people. Can and talk. what's his manager's name? Fred. Fred called. Yeah, Fred. All right. So he's well, I'll be your very manager. Interested. He's very interested in my singing uh, prowess. For American Idol, maybe. Yeah. So That's we'll great. Excellent. See, you they never know what They pay me enough money, you know, they can get me. I think anything would work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? Let's uh, get into some classic Abbott radio. and Costello, what a great comedy duo. They began their 30-year partnership in 1929, the same year you were born. Yes. Abbott, straight man, Costello, the bumbling, wisecracking man-child. I think we have a fun fact about Abbott and Costello this week, right? We sure do. It's posted on our Facebook page and on the WGN Radio Facebook page. Make yeah, sure to check, ch- that, check out. that out. They were in vaudeville and burlesque, and they appeared on Kate Smith's radio show in 1938. They achieved national recognition when they performed their routine, Who's On First? That's so great. You know, somebody had texted in just uh, during the week that um, it's baseball season, and we really should play that because yeah, we- it's... It's a classic. So, you know, uh, when Lisa and I give these speeches at colleges and high schools and things, we usually warm the audience up with who's on first because a lot of the people we talk to have never heard a classic radio show. Right, especially in the high school students. Yeah. But a lot of them seem somehow um, to have been introduced to who's on first, Abbott and Costello. Well, even if they haven't, they right. they get it. You know, they all the of a sudden, laughter the, there's just a abounds. light. There's a light that it's goes true. on in their brain, right? It's true. Because they first start listening to it and they're kind of quiet. And then 
about a minute or two in, they start to giggle about it, and they get it. Yeah. So we use that as a as the it's opening. It's a warm-up to us. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, who's on first is just so great. Now, they were on radio beginning in 1940. Then they started doing Universal Pictures, and these were like blockbuster pictures, Lisa. They started in 1942 through 1947. Some people, some experts say that they saved Universal Pictures from bankruptcy, the Abbott and Costello movies like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein sure, and things yeah. like that. But they had a very popular radio show. We're going to listen to an episode now from January 6, 1944. Their special guest is Judy Canova. Here's part one of the Abbott and Costello show. <laughs> Costello program. Tonight's guest, one of radio's favorite comedians, Judy Canova, and starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Hey, oh, there you are, Costello. Here, here it is, the first program of the new year, and you're late. Oh, so I'm late. Yeah. Well, it's all on account of leap year, Abbott. I was passing the corner on Hollywood and Vine, and 30 women jumped on me. 30 women at Hollywood? 30. At Hollywood and Vine? Hollywood and Vine. That's where the wolves hang out. This year, it's Wolverines. <laughs> oh, stop, stop, stop. Okay. Boy, you should see these women fighting over me, Abbott. One of them grabbed my left arm, another grabbed my right arm, then one grabbed my other leg, then one grabbed the other leg, one grabbed my ears, my nose, my hair. Ah, wait a minute. But why should that make you late? Well, I had to go to Lockheed to get reassembled. <laughs> Well, it's leap year, and you've got to expect those things. Yeah, but I wasn't even safe having a lucky. As soon as I walked in, a dame threw her arms around me and kissed me 12 times before I could even kiss her once. She kissed you 12 times to your once? Yeah, she was a riveter. <laughs> hey, a riveter kissed you? I don't believe it. Oh, you don't. Now, now, Costello, don't run down leap year. Will you please, Lou? Listen. Maybe I didn't read it right. Lou, will you listen to Buddy? Don't run down Leap Year. This is, an this is an excellent opportunity for some nice girl to propose to you. And then you can settle down and get married. Wait a minute, Abbott. Who wants to get married? I don't want no mother-in-law. What's wrong with a mother-in-law? Do you know what a mother-in-law is? Sure. A mother-in-law is the Gestapo with bloomers. But, Costello, marriage is wonderful. Wouldn't you like to have people throw rice at you? No, when my brother got married, they threw rice at him. It's too messy. Rice isn't messy. It is when it's mixed with chop suey. Well, You're going to get it. All right, talk, sir, please. <laughs> Look, Lou, weddings are beautiful, Costello. Don't you like the old-fashioned unions? No, they itch me all over. Oh. <laughs> will you cut that out? Your underwear doesn't fit our conversation. My underwear will fit anything, brother. All right. Uh, <laughs> never mind that, Costello. I still say that a wife is your best friend. Oh, no. Your mother is your best friend. And I think it's a shame when they have just one holiday for your mother and two for your father. Two holidays for your father? What are they? Father's Day and Puppy's Day. <laughs> Costello, you're talking like that because you haven't even got a girl. Oh, yes, I have, Abbott. I got a girl. I got a big book full of girls' names. All in alphabetical order. And what's the first name in the book? Zelda. Z Zelda! <laughs> Hello, 
fellows. Hey, it's Ken Niles. Hello, Ken. Oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I just came from the blood bank. You just came from the blood bank. Look, Niles, they want plasma, not asthma. <laughs> now, now, you stop that, Costello. That Niles is so anemic that a mosquito bit him and lost blood on the deal. <laughs> oh, shut up. Ken, I'm glad you dropped in. Costello and I have been had quite a discussion here. He's been running down marriage. Running down marriage? Mm. Why, Costello, marriage is wonderful. Look at Abbott and me. Yes, Costello, Ken and I are married. Oh, congratulations. I hope you two guys will be very happy. Ah. How do you like that, Freddie? Those two guys are married. No, no. I didn't think it was legal. Now, wait a minute. I don't mean it that way. Don't. Hey, two men Just married. a minute, please. <laughs> Now, don't be stupid. I know somebody that married a man. Look, just a... Who? My sister. Yeah, yeah, your sister. All right, never mind. Look, let's... Come here, Lou. Let's take Ken Niles. Let's take Ken Niles and his wife. Came from the field, didn't Look, just a minute, will you? Let's take Ken Niles and his wife. Oh, sure, we'll take him. We'll right. take him. Now, uh, there's a happy married couple. That's right, bud. Why, well, I can't stand to be away from my wife for a second. When I leave the house in the morning, she goes with me. I take her to the office, to the golf club. Even when I go out with the boys, she goes with me. Now, did you hear that, Costello? Niles takes his wife every place he goes. Sure. Did you ever get a load of the puss on that dame? He'd rather take her with him than kiss her goodbye. <laughs> oh, oh, I insulted you! I heard that remark. Oh, I heard that remark short and dumpy. You should talk about anybody's appearance. You with your double chin. I got no double chin. It's my necktie. <laughs> then your necktie needs a shave. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, darling, you're so funny. You kill me. Oh, no, no, dear. You're funny than I am. You kill me. No, you kill me. Oh, no, you kill me. If there's anybody out there with a hunting license, what are you waiting for? I want you to stop that, Costello. Come here. You understand that? I want you to stop it. Mr. and Mrs. Niles are a wonderful example of marriage. Yes, Look at Ken standing there holding her hand. If he ever lets go, she'll beat his brains out. <laughs> That's not true, Costello. Our marriage has been perfect. Why, I'll never forget our wedding day. Oh, I look so lovely in my bridal veil. You'd even look better in a bridal. <laughs> Don't listen to him, Mrs. Niles. Please, pay no attention to him. Go ahead, tell us more about your wedding day. Oh, it was thrilling. You know, Kenneth and I had a runaway marriage. Yeah, he ran away and you ran after him. <laughs> I did not. I don't chase men, they chase me. Why, New Year's Day, I had dozens of men chasing after me. I know, you played with Washington in a Rose Bowl game. <laughs> about Washington. Not even George? Oh, well, uh, yes, I was with him at Valley Park. Are you stop that? Oh, come, Kenneth. Now, look what you did, Costello. Well, look what I did. You started the whole thing, Abbott, trying to talk me into getting married. You're not going to get me tied with anything. Hello, Costello speaking. Mr. Costello, let me be the first to congratulate you on your decision about women. Women are nothing but trouble. I know. I've been married. I say down with women. Gee, thanks for backing me up, friend. I wish I could do some favor for you. You can. Make them let me out of here. I'm all right, I tell you. I'm all right. (laughs) 
You see, Costello, that proves what I said. Marriage is a wonderful institution. Oh, yeah? Look at the institution he's in! Get out of I'm telling you, Abbott, for the last time. The last time I don't want to get married. But, Costello, you're being silly. Marriage is great. And there's nothing like having a place to come home to. Why, even the president, when he came home from Cairo, arrived at the gates of the White House and whistled. And who came out? Fallon. He's always home. <laughs> Look, let's talk sense. Now, anyway, Abbott, I'm sick and tired of talking sense. All year I get talk sense. If I get married, I'd have to give up my career. You know, I'm a beachcomber at the Union Station. A beachcomber in a, in a railroad station? Sure, I stand there and watch the waves come in. Oh. <laughs> watch the waves come in. That's about the only way you could get a girl. Is that so? You may not know it, Abbott, but Kerry, Gret, and I go 50-50 on girls. Really? Of course. He gets them under 50 and I get all those over. <laughs> come in. Oh, it's Connie Haynes. Hello, Connie. Hello, Mr. Abbott. Hello, my fat little sugar man. Mr. Costello. Yeah? This being leap year. I want to propose to you. I want to marry you before some beautiful actress gets you. Gee, Connie, you think that I'm handsome? No, but they're running out of the handsome ones, and they'll be taking them from your class next. Connie, are you really in love with Costello? Yes, I am. Mr. Costello. Yes? Last night I dreamed that you took me to dinner. Dream on, girl. Then I dreamed that, that you took me to the Trocadero for dancing. Dream on, kid. And then I dreamed that you bought me the most beautiful mink coat. Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> Costello, what's wrong with you? Here a lovely girl throws herself at you and you don't appreciate it. Yes, I don't drink, I don't stay out late, I don't pet. I'm a nice girl. Well, I don't drink, I don't stay out late, and I don't pet. Gee, you're a nice girl, too. Sure. <laughs> now you see what you did, Costello? You just don't know how to handle women. Listen, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll coach you. Let's suppose I'm the man and you're the woman. Abbott, I can't be a woman. Why not? It's too late. I, well... And after all... Why do you mean it's too late? I've been shaving since yesterday. Oh, oh, oh well... Starting Tuesday, I go out with girls myself. Uh, all right, look, look. We'll just make believe. Look, make believe you're the woman and I'm coming to your house to call on you. Now, are you ready? No, wait a minute. What kind of a woman am I, a blonde or a brunette? Look, I don't care if you're a blonde or a brunette. I, I don't even care if you're bald-headed. Oh, you men are all alike! Uh... <laughs> That's the first portion of the Abbott and Costello show. But Abbott and Lou Costello from January 6, 1944. More after these words. Thank you, Vic. 11.35 here on a Sunday night. Oh, I'm in heaven. Oh, you're going to do some singing. We've got some listeners who texted in who said um, they would appreciate more singing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I sign a contract with Simon Cowell... You won't be able to do it on WGN. But But so far, so good. Until then, I can. You know, we also had a listener, Ken, who mentioned that he would really like to hear your extra, extra read all about it. I was reading about the origins of that catchphrase on, on the air. I'm not sure why... 
um, they say extra, but I just listened to a clip from the 1930s, and that's exactly what they do. Yeah. Um, but this goes back to, they say, um, the mid-19th century in the United States when newspaper vendors would shout, it's extra, extra, read yeah. all about it when selling the extras. And, of course, it just became a catchphrase, um, not, not used so much anymore, but, no, of course. but I you use know, it. I know. Well, this is for Ken. All right. Extra, extra, read all about it. There you go. It's good. It's for Ken. You should be cast. All right. Well, uh, we're... something. <laughs> I'm not sure what. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, maybe a net. Cast in a net. Yeah, that could be too. That could be. All right. It's uh, part two, the conclusion now of the Abbott and Costello show. Come in. Uh, will you please get, get with it? Now remember, you're the girl and I'm coming to call on you. Come now on. here I come. I'm waiting. Will you answer the door? Will you answer the door? Oh, I'm in the kitchen talking to the ice man. <laughs> Forget the ice man. Oh, but he's a very cute ice man. I said drop the ice man. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> oh, come here. We'll try it once more. Now, come on. Get with it. Now, I knock on your door. Why don't you... Why don't you answer the door? I'm playing hard to get. Oh, oh this is ridiculous. I- I'm getting no place with you. Come on. Oh, you're not even half trying. Look, Abbott, let's try it the other way. You be the woman. Oh, I couldn't be a woman. Why not? You've been getting by as a man for years. Uh... <laughs> All right, I'll be the woman. Now, go ahead. Come up to my door and knock. Hiya, babe. Here I am, kid. <laughs> Why didn't you knock? I never knock. I'm a sailor. Oh, I see. <laughs> Uh, oh, darling. Raise your voice, kid. I, I say, oh, darling, I, I love you. Hold me in your arms. You ain't kidding, are you? <laughs> Please, press me. Uh, press me. I'm a sailor, not a teller. <laughs> ah, Budwina. What is that beautiful perfume that smells so nice? Oh, that is right in Paris. You smell pretty, too. <laughs> What odor is that? That's three nights on a troop train. Come here, Costello. Have you an idiot in your family? No. Do you want to be adopted? Ah, shut up. I'm trying to teach you something. How to get along with girls, and you don't appreciate it. I'm sorry. Ah, you're just plain stupid. I know I'm stupid, but but I didn't have a chance that the other kids had, Abbott. I had to leave school in the third grade to support my gray-haired old mother. How old were you? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. <laughs> Look, will you keep quiet? Low, come here. What I'm trying to tell you about love is very, very face. simple. Look, what I'm trying to explain is very simple. All nature expresses it. Here, come here. Here, look out that window. Which you one? S- see those beautiful squirrels near that tree? You see them there, Lou? Oh, yeah. You do see them? Yes, yes. Well, that's wonderful. Now I can see them so plain. No, no. <laughs> Notice how they approach each other. They get closer and closer. Look, they're rubbing noses. See that? Oh, yeah. Well, that's all there is to it. That's all? Well, goodbye, Abbott. See you later. Where are you going? To propose to a girl? No, to catch a squirrel. Ah, oh, get out of here. <laughs> 
Connie Haynes sings the lovely new ballad, How Sweet You Are. How sweet you are, how sweet you are, how dear your tenderly smiling face. Somebody's at the door. Come in. I'd like to talk to Lou Costello. That's me. I come here to talk to you about marriage. Sorry. You don't appeal to me. <laughs> Quiet. Let me handle this, Lou. What's the trouble, neighbor? Well, sir, it's this way. Mr. Costello, on your way to the broadcast today, did you tip your hat to a girl on the street? Yes, sir. She said hello to me, so I tipped my hat. Well, that was my daughter, so I'm here to arrange for the wedding. <laughs> what wedding? I tip my hat, that's all, my friend. You and my daughter, sir, she is aiming to get married. Oh, yeah? Well, I ain't aiming to marry her. I got a shotgun here. Your aim is better than mine. <laughs> Just a minute, mister. Tipping your hat to a lady is hardly a proposal of marriage. That's the law where I come from, Skunk Hollow. Oh, so you come from Skunk Hollow. Yes, sir, I live right in the hollow. Nice to have a place named after you. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't wasting any more time. Come in here, gal. Gentlemen, this year's my daughter, Judy Canova. That's the man, Pappy. The little fat one. Come into my arms, little fat man. I love you. Get away from me. Get out of here. Tell me you love me. Speak to me. Speak to me. I can't, kid. You're sitting on my chest. Let me up. Look at Oh, come on into my arms. Oh, gee, this is wonderful. I wish I had this much butter. <laughs> I don't know. You got the points. 
You sure ain't got any. <laughs> I have now. Come on, come on. <laughs> come on here now. Let's run off and get married. Oh, no, no. You mean you want me to fly away with you? Fly? With your fuselage, you couldn't get off the runway. <laughs> hey, you should talk. Get a load of those pigtails. You look like a P-38 with teeth. Costello, that's no way to talk to Judy Canover. Now, she's a very lovely girl. Yep, and I'll make you a perfect wife. I can cook, I can sew, and right now I'm knitting the glove. Why only one glove? What are you going to do with it? I'm going to put it on the cow to keep the milk warm. <laughs> hey, yeah, but get this dizzy dame away from me, will you? Oh, stop complaining. Beauty is only skin deep. Take away the skin and what have you got? I don't know, but I'd hate to have it for a blind date. <laughs> See here, Judy, I don't understand why you're chasing after Costello. Don't you have a boyfriend in Skunk Hollow? Oh, sure. I got lots of boyfriends back home. As a matter of fact, they selected me as their favorite pinup girl. Really? Yep. If Pappy hadn't chased the dogs away from that tree, I'd have been pinned up there yet. <laughs> oh, look at him. Oh, Mr. Costello, won't you marry me? Why should I? My uncle married my aunt, and my father married my mother. Yeah? So why should I marry a total stranger? <laughs> well, now, listen here. I don't care what you say. You are going to marry me. Now, I even got the ring. Uh, where'd you get it? Some millionaire passed through Skunk Holler last week and gave it to me. City fella by the name of Woolworth. Gee, that's a pretty emerald ring. Oh, that ain't no emerald. Uh, emerald's green. Wait till you wear it a while. <laughs> Look, Lou, this marriage isn't such a bad idea. Don't you want to call some girl Mrs. Costello? No, that's my mother's name. <laughs> I've heard enough of this talk. Judy, you gonna stand there and let this fat boy insult you? Show them how tough you are. All right, Pa. Give me the shotgun. Judy, you just shot off six of your toes. Oh, that's all right. I got eight more left. <laughs> I, I wouldn't marry a girl like you. You don't even wear shoes. Shucks, I never wear shoes. I just paint my feet brown and lace up my toes. <laughs> Come on, Costello. Get out into that car now. We're heading for the preachers. You're going to be my husband. I'm going to be your what? You heard her, Costello. You know what a husband is. Yes, sir. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. <laughs> talking. Costello, you see this gun? Mm -hmm. It shoots bullets nine miles and throws rocks the rest of the way. <laughs> Get moving, you hear me? Hey, that gun barrel is cold. <laughs> oh, wrong way. Keep it off my neck, please. Hey, Abbott, do something. Will you shut up? Backwards. You're going to love being married. Now, let's go. Hey, Abbott, now, come on. You gotta get me out of this now, will you? I don't want to live on no farm. Yeah, but living at Rancho Canova is wonderful. Why, you can help me round up the cows. How can you round up cows with those bull legs? What have they got to do with it? You must have a terrible time getting your calves together. <laughs> What's the matter with my calves? <laughs> Quit arguing, Costello. Get in the car. Come on, open the door. Hey, your door fell off. Doggone it, I knew that chewing gum wouldn't hold. Some car. Don't worry, this car will get us there. Yeah, if the wind is with us, we'll make good time. Have you got enough fuel to get us to the preachers, Judy? Why, sure. This car burns very little coal. You'd be better off if you burnt soft coal, kid. Here we go. Everybody fasten your...
your safety belt. Ah, Costello, my lover, we're going to be happy, ain't we? I said we're going to be happy, ain't we? Costello, I've been talking to you for the last ten miles. All you do is keep shaking your head from side to side. I can't help it. I got my nose caught in the windshield wiper. (laughs) There's the preacher's house, Judy. Stop the car. Put on your brakes. Brakes? What's brakes? What's brakes? What's brakes? What's brakes? Brakes are the things that stop the car. Oh, Pappy, put your foot out. Okay, Pappy. Get back in the car, Stumpy. (laughs) I read that wrong, too. Go on, let's go, Costello. A few minutes more, and you'll be a happy married man. Pappy, you gotta help me. I'm too young to get married. I'm just a baby. I still suck my thumb. You suck your thumb? Yeah, I can't reach my big toe anymore. Well, Judy gal, <laughs> I told you I'd get your husband, didn't I? Chuck, sure, sure did, Pappy. Too bad poor old Grandpa can't be here to see it. And what happened to your Grandpa? He dropped dead. <laughs> How do you know he's dead? Did you put a mirror in front of his face? Yep, that's why he dropped dead. <laughs> All right, folks. Let's go inside and get this over with. Oh, this is going to make me the happiest girl in the South. Are you sure you're from the South? I thought Southern people had long draws. Oh, I took mine off and made my stockings look lumpy. (laughs) Come on, honey lamb. This won't take but a minute and ain't gonna hurt a bit. Just step right up in front of that preacher, say I do, and we'll be off on our honeymoon. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, listen, Judy. Before we get married, I want you to do a favor for me. What's that, lover? I hate to ask you, but give me a... Give me a kiss. Why, Why, sure. Here. That's it. That's all. I knew it. I knew it. The marriage is off. The marriage is off just because I kissed you? Certainly. If you'd kiss me, you'd kiss anybody. Oh, get out of here. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great Abbott and Costello show. Judy Canova appeared through the courtesy of the makers of Colgate Tooth Powder. This is Ken Niles wishing you all a very pleasant good night from Hollywood. That's the Abbott and Costello Show, January 6, 1944. Special guest Judy Canova. Yep, you got it. This is the WGN Radio Theater. Lisa Wolf to my right, Ashley Byhan producing, and I am yours truly, Carl Amari. We have a few commercials, then we'll be right back. Drivers, please stay alert when driving in all of our child-filled areas. Arrive alive, don't text and drive. This message from Jack's Martin Muffler in Chicago. They're the muffler pioneer specializing in duals, catalytic converters, truck exhaust, and custom pipe bending. For service, stop by 6545 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago or call 773-737-8200. 773-737-8200. That's Jack's Martin Muffler reminding everyone... To arrive alive, don't text and drive. So one of our favorite television series comes back on Thursday, huh, Lisa? Yes, Baskets is coming uh, back to FX Ashley, this have you ever week. watched Baskets? 
with Zach Galifianakis. Uh, I almost said it right, but then almost. I goofed it up. And then Louis Anderson, Zach my buddy. Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Yeah, Louis Anderson. Yeah, my buddy. Oh my gosh! So what a great show uh, starts on FX this Thursday, June thirteenth. This is like the fourth season or something like that. Third, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that. I wonder. Hmm. I'm thinking fourth. I can only, you could, I'm not sure. Mm, I don't know. Uh, We'll have to check it out. One thing I am sure of, though, Lisa, is that uh, if you join the Classic Radio Club, which is a club that you, Mike, and I started, you will get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows sent to you each and every month. We wanted to make it easy for our listeners, for you out there in Radio Land, to get 10 great classic radio shows each and every month. And we wanted to make it um, not only the greatest shows, but some of the great gems of our library of over 100,000 shows. So I choose 10 shows each month. And in fact, the first month, you will get an Abbott and Costello episode with the Who's On First routine. They didn't do the routine that much on radio, so it's a pretty rare show. And, you know, the thing about it is, and I'm a Classic Radio Club member, so I can say this with confidence, this is not the same Abbott and Costello that you could listen to on the Internet. Um, Because what makes it different and what makes this unique to any other forum is that our shows are in pristine quality. Um, There are no clicks. There are no pops. um, It sounds like they could have been recorded today. And that's what makes our club so unique you can't find this type of quality anywhere except through the classic radio club yeah and you know the 10 shows that i choose each month for you uh, folks what i do is write very copious notes about each episode so you not only learn about the episode and the series but you get the shows in as lisa said pristine quality so 10 shows every single month are sent to you each and every month you'll never get a duplicate show you can cancel at any time and you can choose two ways to get the shows you if you want them on digital downloads that will be sent to you directly um, from us and you can store them on your computer and they're um, let's see 10 shows with the liner notes in a PDF or you can get five CDs with 10 shows in a collector case there's pictures of the stars on the uh, on the collector case and the collector case changes every single month with the 10 shows so Check it all out. It's uh, it's available. Everything you want to learn about the Classic Radio Club is at our website. Just log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. And we wanted um, wanted to do something special for people for the first month, so we made it only $1. Just $1 plus shipping and handling for the CDs, or if you get the digital downloads, it's just $1. No shipping and handling for the digital downloads. Right, Lisa? What? What? Huh? <laughs> what? That was a lot. It was a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lisa started out as a CD uh, member. That's true. And then she switched over to digital. I always prefer digital, but you didn't offer it first. That's but true. now uh, it's a dual offer, and you can do both if you want. We have some of our members oh, yeah. that do, do CD ways, yeah. and digital. Yeah. Um, you can store them differently. Either way, um, that's the way to do it. Yep. Check it out. It's at ClassicRadioClub.com. There's hundreds and hundreds of your fellow listeners that are members. And there's also some uh, great testimonials at the website from our listeners. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com. All right. Let George Do It, which was sort of a warm-up detective series for Bob Bailey. Bob Bailey is best known as yours truly, Johnny Dollar. But prior to him playing Johnny Dollar, he starred... 
as George Valentine on a detective series called Let George Do It. And that's what's coming your way in our next hour. Also, um, stay tuned for our Real or Ridiculous segment where we will be giving away the highly coveted prize of the desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weather Makers. And I still don't have one of those. And those are fantastic. So I don't have one. So hang tight here. you have here. one? I'm sure you do. Of course do. I do. Gosh, you, you get everything. You, every, I get everything. You get the, I don't you get the, everything. You have the never measure. I definitely don't get everything. I don't have the never measure. <laughs> I don't have the desktop indoor weather station. I, I will sell it to you at a good price. <laughs> <laughs> you can borrow or rent it from me. Okay, okay. sounds good. <laughs> All right, well, stay uh, tuned. We're here for another hour. Let George do it in the next hour. But first, the news. Hear the sounds that matter. The top five at five from the Rocon Show with Anna Devlantes weekday afternoons on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN radio on TuneIn. It's exactly midnight, and here's the news with Vic Vaughn. May I have this dance? I was just going to say, don't ask me to dance. <laughs> what? I was just, you beat me to the punch. Again, I I'm have so never sorry. taken I must, a dance I must lesson. decline. <laughs> <laughs> you would get your toes stepped on. No, there's just, I just have to decline that. But I'm sure there are thousands and thousands of women out there that would love that invitation to no, dance with you. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Only Yanni gets to dance with me. That's it. Just Yanni. You won't dance with your mom? Mm, yeah, well, but I, I'm not a good dancer. Does your mom dance? Would sure. She dance with sure. You? you know, my mom does the whole twirling thing. You know, she can do that. What I mean, about your sisters? Would they dance with you? I think my sisters are pretty good dancers. Uh, my All brother right, so and me, not so much. You don't have to be good to enjoy the but art of dance. I enjoy watching. Like, I like dancing with the stars. I think it's a very entertaining show. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I, well, most of us Like, feel if that I way. got the phone call. To be on Dancing with the Stars, right? I mean, it'll, it'll never happen. No, but if I, I <laughs> if I did get the phone call, I'd be excited about uh, it. You and me both. I'd I, be excited. I, I think we should do the WGN Dancing with the Stars. And you know what? I would be on one episode because then that's true. I would be eliminated the first episode, but then but I would be on one sh- one episode. I'll do it too. National Carla. exposure. I'm game with you. Right? I'm game. You'd probably get you'd pat you'd get on. I'd pass. <laughs> you'd be on pass for like, or fail because you're you're probably a pretty good dancer. When you? I was 16 maybe and which is like four years ago so i might be a little you know out of shape from 1600 that. the 1600 <laughs> <laughs> ashley can you dance she's nodding her head no really <laughs> she's nodding I her head. in my room dancing when nobody's is, watching oh, that's like carl right. in the shower that's how that's yeah. i don't dance career. in the shower i sing in the shower i said like you're singing you in the shower <laughs> what I can't ice skate either. Can you ice skate? I'm not. I can't yeah. roller skate. You know, I took lessons, but I'm not very good at that. Can you roller that. skate? No, nah, it's so great. I can't roller not skate so either. Ah, very coordinated. Yeah. Well, we all have our, you know, I'm limits. Good at, I'm good at ping pong, though. <laughs> I know that. Very I'm good, good at, at ping, pong. ping pong. Remember when we went over to spin? Yeah. That was fun. We had a meet and greet we there. Had, Ashley, was, check this out. I think it was before we knew you. Ashley, before you we were had here. a meet and greet of our listeners at spin. Spin it was Chicago, great. Just down the street. It from was here. so great. Yeah, Spin yeah. is so cool. I mean, it's that's a really... owned by Susan Sarandon. Yeah, owned by Susan Sarandon, and we had listeners, you know, come there and meet and greet with us. And our listeners could play ping pong. Let me tell you. Well, it was very friendly, so we all had yeah. a lot of. fun. There was some. We really should do that again. Some of our listeners were like kicking my butt at ping pong. That butt that's being hugged by your <laughs> jeans. <laughs> by my. Um, 
Strahan. What's his name? Strahan. Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. I have Michael Strahan um, pants on. That's today. a little odd, right there. <laughs> He's <laughs> Just got a whole right line there. of clothing. Why? Yeah, he does. I don't think I would. It's very nice. I don't know. Very nice clothing. I don't, where um, do you buy Michael Strahan clothing? I bought these at at Kmart. I think <laughs> you did not. <laughs> no, J.C. Penny. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Michael Strahan's at J.C. Penny. <laughs> the J.C. Penny. <laughs> yeah. I was, the truth uh, comes I out. I was with my buddy Reed Stifle. And we were having, we were eating at Cheesecake Factory, and right next to Cheesecake Factory was a J.C. Penny. We uh, got some and exercise, got some walked Michael over Strahan there, pants. and I got some Nike and some Michael Strahan. Good, some uh, you know pants and shirts and stuff. Good, stocked up a little bit. Good, I'm hoping I they're... put on a few pounds, so I needed to get a few <laughs> extra some clothes, so my clothes weren't so tight. It's the, nutri- it's the Nutrisystem. Yeah, it's working you know wonders what? for Listen, you. Listen, I've been on Nutrisystem for a month, and I've gained five pounds. So it's so pretty. It's working, it's working really, really, well. really great. Yeah. yeah. Um, it must be the um, what are those called that I brought in tonight? The uh, vegetable chips. Oh, those are good. Right? Yeah, those are really good. Those are great. Man, they're light and airy and tasty yeah. and Got salty. Got them at Woodman's. The really greatest good. store to shop really, at. Really, really good. All right, in this hour, let George do it. Bob Bailey as Detective George Valentine. Uh, but first, we're going to play our game. Is it real or is it ridiculous? Sponsored by Cat's, Cat's Pride. Pride. And the celebrity is Christian Bale. And uh, we're going to give I away... Batman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here we go. And we're going to give away a desktop indoor weather station brought to you I by Batman. American Weathermakers. I got that out. Man, I had to get that we're out. We're good Ooh. now. I think like you a, should stick with the X3X3. Like X3. <laughs> it's like this it pops in my head. I got to just get it out. If I don't and, get it and out... And that is why you were on radio. Right. It's a, <laughs> oh man! Oh. Yeah, radio is the place right, for so, you. And they win a prize. They're going to win a great what prize. What number? What caller? Caller number two. Let's do it right now. Wow! Quick, quick and easy. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We'll be Call right now. Back. Come on, baby. Let's get hey, Janice. Hello. Hi. So glad you made it through. Hi, Janice. Well, thank you. Oh, you enjoy your thank show. You. We, thank uh, you. We we enjoy you as a listener. We do. Okay. We're happy to play a little real or ridiculous. And Christian Bale, you want to get it out of your system one more time, Carl? Okay, we should be good for a while. Pretty good. All okay. right. I think we're good now, Janice. <laughs> okay. Number one, his mother was a Broadway dancer. Is that real or ridiculous? Hmm. I say real. I'm going to agree with Janice. Real. I literally just made that up this oh, moment. Man. I'm sorry, but you know what she was? She was a circus clown. Isn't that really? Yeah, like okay. baskets. Like, kind of like baskets. He's Yeah, okay. Number two. He was originally cast to play George W. Bush in W. Real or ridiculous? Ridiculous. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say real. It's real. Yeah. That is true. The part, of course, went to Josh Brolin, but that is that's okay. We're and good for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Number three. His first acting gig was in 1982 for Dinky Donut Cereal. Real or ridiculous? Real. Yep. Real. Nope. Not oh, real. Man. <laughs> 
<laughs> but Kyle says it like he knows what he's talking about. I thought for sure it was it. I know. No such thing. There was a Dinky Donuts, but he wasn't in it. But you are the winner, Janice. And you have won the exciting, and I mean it, desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weather Makers Heating and Cooling. They are the 60-Minute Man. You can call them at 855-955-HVAC. I love my desktop indoor weather station. I'm positive you will love yours, too. So enjoy it. Terrific. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so Janice. much. All right. It is time now for Let George Do It. Good Detective Adventure. Bob Bailey stars in There Ain't No Justice, October 31st, 1952, part one of Let George Do It. Personal notice. Dangers my stock and trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details. the frown, pal. Worried about that lawnmower you lent the guy next door two years ago? Not just because he lost his memory when he went ten rounds with Lewis is no reason to get yourself in a snit. My advice to you is let George do it. You know George Valentine. Take your problems to him. Everybody else does. You'll find him in the phone book. That's where Abner found him. Only Brooksy got him first. Brooksy fronts for George. And even over the phone, you'd know she's perfect for the job. But not our Abner. All he could do was confuse the issue. Hello? I would, but I can't, you see. It's a great ad. I've seen it lots of times. Oh, a great ad, I said to myself. There's a kind of a guy that when a guy's... The well, uh, can... just a minute. Mr. Valentine... Well, I'll get on the extension, Angel. Hello? Hello? I haven't got much time, Yeah, see? I'm right here. I got it. No time to write, but uh, who are you? What's your problem? Now, this is a real pleasure, sir. If you'll permit me, my name is Abner, and I'm in jail. You what? Only don't get me wrong. The reason I can't write is because I can't write. You understand? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You said you were... That's right. I'm in jail. And let me tell you a more unjust thing has never happened to me. There ain't no justice. Uh, Mr. Abner, uh, slow down a little. I'm trying to write It's important, that's all. There wouldn't be time to write either, I guess, for that matter. But the main thing is it's important. That's what I've got to make you understand, see? You get me? Oh, sure, you make it so easy. Yeah, well, I'm kind of excited. Because, you see, the jail burned down. What? Oh, oh, yeah, and you burned down with it. Now, hold on. I mean the jail over in Melody. That's where I'm calling from. Melody? Over in the valley? Yes, sir, that's the one. And a beautiful little town it is for tarantulas. But that old jail, let me tell you, was the biggest eyesore in... Hold it, hold it, will you? Now, say something sensible or hang up. But I am. I mean... Just because I can't write. Listen, the fire was last night. They moved us out, that's all. Now we're locked up in the sheriff's office. That's how I could get to the phone. Ah, Clear as a bell. Listen to me. I got out of the fire, understand? Only one of the guys in the big cell, he didn't. He's dead. And if I tell what I know about it, I'll be dead too. What? I mean it. It's a rough deal. Get over here, will you? If you don't help me, if they make me tell what I know, they'll burn me. I wonder if this Abner's telling the truth. Could be he's taking George on a wild goose chase. Well, all I know is my friend here won't lead you astray because what he has to say is straight and to the point. 
Lead on, Macduff. You made every word live, son. Now let's see if George and Brooksy can do as much for Abner. Oh, that's them pulling up in front of the sheriff's office. Well, that's the sheriff's office, George. Yeah. Sure needs a coat of paint, all right. But I guess this is the place that dopey guy on the telephone... Hey! Hey! That's you, Valentine? Yeah. Only where in the name... The alley, George. Here. Right here. Hurry up. Don't let anybody see you. Okay. You're Abner, huh? But I thought you said you were locked up. Right, sure, lady. Transferred all of us here when the jail burned down. Only now I'm I'm not, see? Well, how did you get out? They turned us loose. I just dropped into town for a little game. A slight flutter of the pasteboards and wham, they picked me up. But the way they treat you in this town, you'd think you'd murdered a whole city block. We got in the way and they turned us loose. I don't blame them. Kicked me out and told me to get out of town without even giving me a free meal. Can you imagine? There ain't no justice. Oh, now listen, Buster. I drove four hours just so I could try to make sense out of what you said on the phone. Sure, now... sure, sure. So let me tell you just what... Oh, no, you don't. I'll tell you. We stopped at the scene of the fire on our way in. You weren't lying. There was a fire. Well, that's what Furthermore, I... a man, a prisoner who was hauled in last night, another big uh, gentleman like yourself, didn't get out. He died in that fire. It's plain to see you got the facts. But I don't know his name. Nobody knows his name. Sure, sure. But it was a plain, simple death, so far as anybody knows. So, Abner, whatever you know had better be... He was dead before the fire. What? You heard me. In a big jammed-up cell. Conditions are terrible here, I tell you. In that big snoring mass of men, that guy was already dead as a mackerel. How do you know? Because when the fire started, I tried to rescue him, that's why. Because I put my hands on him and shook him and practically got frozen for my trouble. Body cold as ice, I tell you. All right. All right, we get the idea. Well, why didn't you tell the police? Because they're mixed up in it, that's why. In some way. I tell you, in this town, they got a chief of police. Oh, now, wait a minute. His name's McNabb, and he's crooked as a cactus. For instance, you know what? He beats me, hauls me into his office and beats me. You don't believe me. Ask Hank. Hank, come over here. Hank? He was there. He knows. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hank, huh? I beg your pardon? Whiskers do not measure a man, nor the patches in his pants. How do you do? Pleasure, young lady. Pleasure indeed. Now listen, Mr. Valentine. Hank here was visiting my humble abode. Humble abode? A small place, not too elegant. As for that big guy, the guy who died, we did entertain him. Hank and I invited him to share our diggings a couple of days ago. Don't exaggerate, Abner. Your room is a dump. And you didn't even know the guy's name. I remember you said hello, and I said hello, and he says, uh... Fascinating fellow. What do you know about his death, Hank? It's just what Abner's told you, I suppose. I, it's no skin off my neck. I don't like people who won't talk. I doubt if even he said three words to the cop who threw him in. You mean when he was arrested? Rounded up a whole bunch of us. Guess they do it every Saturday night in this town. That's the cross we have to bear. And I may say a draft to your jail cell... Now I've listen, never... that guy didn't die of no cold. He didn't look any too well. I wouldn't be surprised if the fright and the excitement of the fire... It was a treatment he got, I'm telling you, the rough way that what they What ha- rough treatment? What kind of stuff are you guys trying Beat to Beat you, that's what they do. Round you up. Say, change your clothes and into the tank you go. No chance to argue or nothing. I tell you that McNabb's a regular guest stop all oh, the way... Oh, get off the soapbox, Abner. Live and let live. Take it easy. There's no excitement. Okay, Abner, okay. Where do I find this chief of police? Oh, no. Oh, no, you don't. I'm not going to come within five miles I of wouldn't that. ask you to. Hey, you, Hank, come on, lead the way. How did I get dragged into this? <laughs> Quit kicking, friend. 
I could ask the same question myself. So they say he died somehow before the fire, is that right? Yes, Chief, they said that... Now, wait just a minute how you use that word, they. It's Abner who said... Oh, get out of here. Go on, beat it. Look out, Chief, don't hit me. What? What did you say? Well, I haven't done anything, and when you talk like that, Abner will say... Go on, Hank, go on, We, we don't need you. Well, well, sure, if you say so. I didn't mean any harm. Pleasant morning to you, Chief. There's a wreck of a man. Big words, little work. Well, what are you looking at me like that for? I suppose you expect me to hit people, too? All right, now just take it easy, Chief, will you? I know what kind of a guy Abner is. But uh, I also saw that jail it burned. And it wasn't exactly a model one for as big a town as this. Uh, sure, sure, my fault. Blame it on the Chief. Wouldn't have anything to do with how much money the town gives me to run this force, would it? Skip it, would you? There was no connection between the fire and that other bum's death. Uh-huh. Unless somebody set the fire in order to get rid of some evidence, like a, a blow or a bullet, just in case that death wasn't natural, I mean. Oh, but George, that doesn't make any sense. All that trouble just to get rid of some unknown, a man nobody cared about. Now, or... look, both of you, I want to... me, Chief. Oh, get out of here, Sergeant. I thought you ought to see that dead guy's clothes. Mm, what? Well, here. For the wing of the jail that wasn't burned. Where they changed. Hey, you mean what he was wearing when he was thrown in? Here, let me see that. I'll do that, mister. Ah, 11 cents change, eh? <laughs> Big man. Typical vagrant, I tell you. He was just... Oh, no, a... here, Chief. Piece of paper. So many on a Saturday night, we don't really have time to go over them, you let know. Let me or... see that. Hmm. Mr. Walter F. Smith. Who? Yeah, mystery solved, Chief. That's his name, apparently. Uh... Suggest you stick pretty closely to plenty of milk. Leave out too much starch. Be careful of pepper or any seasoning. What? What's that? <laughs> That's all. Some doctor's name, Kansas City. Yeah, diet list, Chief. So he was just a nobody, huh? Oh, no. Well, what's the matter? I should think that would help... Chief just advice. realizes he might be in a worse spot than ever, right, McNabb? Very smart, Valentine. You catch on real quick. Negligence, Angel. If there was anything wrong with this guy, then the police should have found out about it. Maybe he needed help instead of a cell. Go on, get out of here. I got work to do. Oh, wait a minute, sir. There's something else. Now, look, Sergeant, you've caused enough trouble yourself for one day. I'm, I'm sorry, Chief, but over at the morgue, there's a woman. She says she's Mrs. Walter F. Smith. His wife? Well, I, I guess, or used to be. Anyway, she's been looking for him several months. Read about this in the newspaper. Just flew into town on a hunch to look at the body. Flew in? The wife of a typical nobody? Uh, I mean, you better see her, Chief. I mean, she wears a mink coat. Of course, there's nothing I can tell you. What could I tell you? Don't be ridiculous. I'm going back to my hotel. Look, I know how you feel, Mrs. Smith. I don't know you... whether he was ill or not. I don't know anything about him lately. But the chief of police asked I'm us... sorry. I've been through enough. Seeing Walter there like Mrs. that. Mrs. Smith, if you my don't... My taxi's waiting. I'm sorry. Which hotel? Better go. Leave her alone. Ah. Sure. Where's a mink coat? Wife of a bum. Well, we asked her to stay until... I wanted I... to see what the teletype check said on his name, that's all. Well... Walter F. Smith is wanted by the law. What? Embezzlement. Wow. All right, what are you so sour about? 
If his death was the police's fault in any way, it's better for you than if he was a respectable citizen. Hold still. I'll give you the facts. Have fun with them. In addition to Smith, his loot of $200,000 is also wanted. Do you suppose someone found out what he did with it and then murdered him last night? There you go. Having fun already. Take it easy, Chief. At least you're off the hook. So now everybody else is up to something, that's all. Yeah, as Abner puts it, there ain't no justice. Our boy Valentine sounded a little burned up when he said there ain't no justice. And he's right. Where's the body he always stumbles on long about now? This could ruin his reputation. You know, I'd ask my friend here to drop dead, except I know he has something pretty good to tell you. <laughs> that uh, was a uh, very dramatic organ there. That's, that was uh, some dramatic music. That was a Hammond organ. I'm just... I'm just going to make that statement. That was, some, that was some creepy, dramatic music. I loved it. Yeah, that's the first portion of Let George Do It, starring Bob Bailey, who would go on to play yours truly, Johnny Dollar. So if this sounds like a Johnny Dollar episode, it's because it was the same guy that played Johnny Dollar. This uh, show is called There Ain't No Justice from October 31st, Halloween of 1952. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes. been requested to sing an old-time song. Ah, uh, you're just the man to do it, Pappy. Don't get flipped. There's now, that's Bing Crosby there. And that's his brother, Something one of his brothers. Our granddaddies used to sing. Granddaddies? Why, you told me you sang. Except uh, Gary with him, yeah. That's Bing and Gary. But I'm a little plan, and I'll do the best Now, that guy had a voice, boy. Bing Crosby. Oh, yeah. Man. You know, we used to, we used to play music all the time. On the show, but it didn't go over Five too well. Five songs or something like that. Yeah, we did a little music uh, segment, but it didn't go over real I'm well. Think, you know, those the crooners back then. You know, Bing Crosby, he was amazing, and um, I would say for you know Frank Bing Sinatra. and Frank. But you know who I think was the most underrated and may have been better than both of those guys is Dean Martin. Dean Martin. I mean, Dean Martin. I mean, you know, he didn't have as many hits. Is Frank Sinatra or Bing Crosby? But I just think the tonality of his voice. I remember the Dean Martin. Dean show. Martin's voice yeah. was just amazing. But I don't think he really I think he's cared more about of an entertainer. recording that yeah. much. I think you know Frank was always in the studio recording. Bing Crosby. I mean, Bing Crosby had some of the he's got biggest some hits one of hits, all time. Sure. You know, but Frank had probably more hits than anyone really, as far as a you know a crooner. Wasn't like White Christmas like one that of was the Bing's big, that one of Bing's right number one selling number one album of all ever. time. Right. I think. I think it, it, it broke records. I'm not sure if Thriller broke the record, but I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't know the answer. But I know the um, White Christmas is like one of the, if not the number one album sold. All right, we're listening to Let George Do It, a show called There Ain't No Justice. Bob Bailey, the conclusion, Let George Do It. <laughs> get back and see if George's temper has improved. Not that I blame him. Abner would make anybody see red. 
If you remember, Abner is the old coot that accused Chief of Police McNabb of barbecuing a fellow prisoner by burning down the pokey. As an added touch, Abner swears the victim was dead before he got the hot foot. Then to make matters more complicated, the chief discovers the body belonged to a Walter Smith, who was wanted for taking 200 grand that didn't belong to him. Complicated? You bet. But George has it figured. He says it's murder. Even so, I think I'd better lend our boy a hand as he starts asking questions around town. I have a landlady, George. Walter Smith came to town a couple of days ago. You must have noticed something about him, or he must have had some baggage that you... I'm a working woman, Mac. I don't have time to sit around and gab with the guests. I just thought he was a drifter like the rest of them, that's all. And he had no baggage. I can tell you that in one word. No baggage. Two words. But you notice baggage, huh? Keep your eye out for that sort of thing? I gotta protect it, you know. Don't want nothing stolen from the gas. Uh-huh. Nothing in his bureau? Oh, spare shirt, maybe. How should I know? I'm telling you like I told McNabb. Smith was here, but I didn't notice him until he wasn't here. Last night. And somebody said he was in jail. Who said? Guy named Abner. Seemed all upset. Oh, yeah. They're rounding up Abner again. Ain't that interesting. Look, if you're through nosing Here's your newspaper. Huh? Yeah, it's today's newspaper. Room hasn't been occupied since yesterday. And uh, I don't know who else would read the fashion page around here. Thanks. Now, you've been going through this room. What did you find? Nothing. Gee, 200,000 bucks they say he's got someplace. But I'm telling you, not a thing. Not any baggage, not nothing. You expect me to believe that? George. Yeah, in here, Brooksy. George, I can't find him. Oh, if you're looking for me, dearie... Mrs. I'm... Smith, his wife. I tried every hotel in town. That taxi driver who drove her away from the morgue? Well, the police had already located the driver. He says he dropped her off downtown here in the business section. Oh. Oh, what are you two talking about? You know something I don't? I doubt it. Come on, Angel. I've learned all I need to. So it wasn't the fault of the big, bad police, Valentine. I just talked long distance to that doctor in Kansas City, the one whose name was on the diet chart. What'd you find out, Chief? There was nothing really wrong with Smith's health. He was one of them hypochondriacs, you know, warriors, pill takers. Doc finally booted him out. All right, all right. So the police are pure. Did you locate that Abner for me? I haven't done anything for you, but I'll take you down to a garage if you want. A garage? Huh? Smith's wife. She went down to this garage and rented a car. Only now the car's back and she's disappeared. I don't know where she went when she took the car. But didn't you see Mrs. Smith when she came back to your garage? Oh, she was gone about an hour, I guess. Anyways, I didn't notice the car till just a few minutes ago parked here in the alley. Yeah, it's been someplace with a lot of dust. I got the sergeant around combing the town for her. She's back. She's got to be around someplace. You're sure about that? Why not? Well, I didn't have much luck. And I must have been looking after she came back. 22 miles. What? Well, you set the speedometer back to zero when you hire a car out, don't you? Well, that's right. So, wherever she went, it was 11 miles out and 11 miles back. Mm, with all that dust, too. Now, look. A piece of sagebrush. What's ticking in your head? Most of the roads around here are paved. There's only a couple This of... is grape country, irrigated most of it, so how did that sagebrush get there? Come on, hop in my car. I'll show you. <sighs> this is the third and last road. 
Ten and a half miles. Yeah, plenty of sagebrush on this one. Yeah, old double-A place. Sold out and cut the water off. Hey, wait a minute. Huh? What's that building over there? Abandoned winery. Only the mileage... Wait a minute, hold it. Stop. Tracks. Right there. See him turning off? Yeah. Only there's two cars. Yeah, there's one right there. What? An old pickup truck, see? Beyond the building. Hey! Hey, you! It's Abner and Hank, George. Hey! Look out! Stay back! Abner! Wait for me, Abner! I didn't do anything! Stop! Both of you! Get away from that truck! Wait, Abner! We haven't done anything, my boy! Stop or I'll shoot! Slow down, Hank. I'm not doing anything. Okay, Hank, your friend left you, that's all. Oh, cut it out, McNabb. He got away. Let him go. But if I don't get after him right now... Abner was just looking for you, Mr. Valentine. We just got here. A garage man told him you were out trying some roads or something, so he borrowed the truck and grabbed me along. Skip it. Radio the highway patrol, McNabb. They'll get him. And take Miss Brooks into town for me. What? Who do you think is chief of police in this I've town? I've told her what I want. Yeah. Help me, I hurt my foot a little. Okay, okay, I'll take care of Hank here. Only get your car away from here, McNabb, quick. Okay. All right, cool off, Hank. We'll just wait. In the shade. If we can find it. How long are we going to wait, Mr. Valentine? Oh, relax. Relax, Hank. Sun will set in a couple of hours. A couple of hours. Then it'll be just as bad. Gets real cold out here in the evening. Goes through your bones. I don't know how I got into this place. Yeah, sure I know. Abner brought you out here with him, huh? Abner got me into this because he already had a little idea who Smith really was. Is that check? I guess so, Mr. Valentine. I don't know. Sure, sure. You were all in jail together. Abner thought maybe I could help point him toward the money. Is that right? I guess he thought that because Mrs. Smith came out here. That, well, then the money was out here, too. Yeah, yeah. It might be. Uh, you really think so? Well, in that case, while everybody's gone, maybe you and I... No, oh, no, no. It's too hot. No, we'd never find it, Hank. Let the police worry. Abner doesn't trust McNabb. That's why he took off. I know it. But he'll be back looking for the money. Look, Mr. Valentine, was this guy Smith murdered? I don't know. Holy smoke. Maybe he killed himself. Well, it could have happened. Only it doesn't tie with anything very well. Uh, come on, we're losing our shade. Let's move. Maybe Smith was just not in too good health and kicked off. A man has to take care of himself. Yeah, you're right. Ah, here's a good place. The winery? Yeah. Ought to be cool inside here, don't you think? Okay. Boy, it's dark. What in the name of... Hey, what happened? Did you fall? I'm all right. Look. I tripped. Look. Mrs. Smith. The body of Mrs. Smith. Goodness, at last a body. Too bad it had to be Mrs. Smith. But you know the old saying, here today and ghoul tomorrow. 
You know, there's an ironic twist to this story. It all takes place in a town called Melody. As far as I can see, it's been one discord after another. And this fellow Hank isn't helping matters with his off-key baritone. Look, I don't like it around here, and it's cold even in here. I told you it'd be cold tonight. Quiet, will you? Don't make so much noise. But she's been dead a long time. She's Hit been... over the head. Yeah, I can see for myself. So somebody else drove the car back. She drove out, and somebody else drove it back. That's more like it. Well, I'm getting nervous. Somebody will be back. Yeah, uh, you're right. All we know about her is that her husband left her. He was hiding out, posing as a bum. So she came after him to get the money. Do you mean to say the money was here? I mean, I've caught on to this case, that's all. Mrs. Smith didn't know where her husband was. How could she know where the money was if he was dead before she got to town? Oh, for the love of... Okay, okay, I'll stop talking, Riddles. You hear that? Yeah. We got company. Get back in here. He can't see us. Hold it. McNabb. Valentine? Oh, yeah, right here, Chief. Oh... Holy smoke, Chief. We thought you might be somebody else. Where's Miss Brooks? Out in the car. We haven't located Abner yet. Did you two find what I told Brooksy about? Yeah. Pills, medicines, a small drugstore. Okay, where was it? First place you suggested. But I doubt if it'll do much good as evidence. I know it, but I got a better idea. Go on back to the car. Okay, sure. Say, what's the idea? <laughs> what's so funny? <laughs> well, you might not see the joke, Hank. Uh, sit down. We're going to wait some more. For days, if we have to. Wait. What for? A confession. What? Yeah, a man named Smith was a fugitive from the law and from his wife, too. Had money and plenty of trouble. And worst of all, he was sure he was sick. So the money couldn't give him much fun, could it? And result? He was hiding on Skid Row when he got an idea. Why not die? Look, I'm... I'm cold. And I'm so dying he of did. He did. He did just that. He died. Of murder. And afterwards, set fire to the jail he was in, so his body couldn't be examined too well, closely. He what? And it all worked beautifully until his wife showed up. She kept her mouth shut when she saw the body. But afterwards, must have spotted Smith herself, and so he brought her out here and he killed her. Probably told her the money was here, when really, I suppose, it's stashed away in Kansas City or anyplace else. I'll say you don't know anything. You, you're oh, so I mixed up. Oh, I I found Smith's room had no baggage. That's where the pill taker's private drugstore should have been. But of course it wasn't. They were with your stuff, Walter F. Smith. That's where McNabb found it. Oh, is that so? Yeah, the man you killed was just a poor penny-ante gambler. A man you knew hardly ever opened his mouth. No one knew anything about him. He'd never be missed. So you knocked him over the head, I suppose, when all the rest of the men were asleep. I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Valentine. And then you put that diet chart in his clothes. Oh, not a bad stunt. Make the police think they might have done a pretty terrible thing. Make them want to cover it up and keep it quiet. I won't admit any of it. There's nothing you can do to Oh, me. Buster, what an ironic spot you sit on. Oh, you cold? Oh, well, come on, let's have a brandy. You know, I remember the items on that diet list. Milk, no pepper, just bland stuff. So the guy it was written for must have been worried about his stomach. Come on, Hank, have a brandy. Little sharp, maybe, kind of strong for some stomachs, maybe, but for you it'll... I don't want it. Too bad you didn't have the sense to stay away from here. Just curious, I guess. Shut huh? up, shut up. Uh, look, Mr. Smith, if all I've said isn't true, well, go ahead, have a drink. There's nothing wrong with you. The diet chart wasn't shut yours. Up. And after you're really hungry, we'll go in for a nice spicy Mexican dinner, maybe. There'll be no excuse for you not to eat it, will there be? Cut this out! After all, you're okay. You can eat anything. Go on, have no, a drink. You, no, no. All right, come on, Mr. Smith. Miss Brooks will take it down in shorthand. And then we're going back to town and find Abner. 
and see how he can take some gentle persuasion. Abner, I want you to get out of Melody and keep going. And right now... Uh, look out! Don't you hit me again, Chief! Oh, I've never hit you. Nobody on my force has Abner, ever... Abner, listen, will you? The Chief here is all right. With a little publicity on this case, maybe the town will wake up and give him the money his department needs. But, uh, Abner, I am not a cop. I'd be glad to hit you. No, no, you wouldn't. That's what you think. I don't like being played for a sucker, so start moving. Now, look, I mean, I know I did a lot of lying to get you into the case. I figured we could make some dough together. I mean, Here I... goes. No, no, no. <laughs> thanks, friend, thanks. That guy sure was a headache. Oh, don't mention it. Okay, Brooksy, let's go. All right, George. So long, McNabb. So long. Well, where you been, Angel? Seems to me you kind of dropped out of things. Miss me? Hmm? Oh, well, I, I was busy with the case. Never mind. I... As Abner used to say, there ain't no justice. Say, did you ever see a dream walking? Maybe not, but you just saw a bell burning. Brooksy. And if she'll be good enough to hold that torch she's carrying a little closer, I'll be able to read that Robert Bailey plays George Valentine with Virginia Gregg as Brooksy. Don Clark directed the script by David Victor and Jackson Gillis, and Eddie Dunstetter's music kept things blazing. I'd like you to make a mental note right now to save a half hour for us next time when you will hear what happens when you let George do it. There's that organ again. Let George do it. October 31st, 1952. There ain't no justice. Robert Bailey along with Virginia Gregg. Hope you enjoyed that episode. It's heard on Mutual. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. All right, when we come back here next week, Lisa, we have more classic radio. We sure do, Carl. Do you have the lineup there? I sure do, Carl. We've got Father Knows Best, X-1, Philo Vance Detective. That's on Saturday night. On Sunday night, we have the Jack Carson Show and The Chase. All right, sounds good. And Big look weekend. who is here with us, Nick DeGilio. Hey, Nick. Hi, hey. Nick. How are you, buddy? All right. All right, tell us what's on the show this morning. Well, it's uh, Monday, so that means uh, my dad's going to call in and tell a joke as he does every Monday morning, and uh, we got the Monday morning movie reviews coming up, too, with uh, Steve and Eric. Very, very cool. And so uh, nothing really came out this week, right? Well, nothing good. Nothing good. Yeah. What are you guys reviewing this week? Uh, Dark Phoenix, which is the latest uh, in the 9,000 X-Men movies. Um, (laughs) Can't uh, keep track anymore. There's The Secret Secret Life of Pets Part 2. Yeah, right. Yeah, animated. Yeah. And those are the those are the two main okay. ones that came out uh, uh, this week. So um, there's there is some Marvel movie that was recently out, isn't there? Like a, another <laughs> there's Marvel. A, there's a Marvel movie every week, man. <laughs> yeah, but there's like um, my son is like, I want to see this. It's a Marvel Marvel movie. I'm trying to think which one it is. I, that's why I was hoping you were going to say. Well, I mean, yeah, come see this movie. I mean, 
there's Avengers Endgame, which is... No, I saw that. We saw that already. Okay. When is your next uh, live or movie Tomorrow. thing? Oh, what is it? Tuesday uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, uh, it's uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, man. 35th anniversary, if you want to feel old. 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters. And, wow. Uh, so we're doing it. We, we're almost sold out, by the way, So because yeah. um, there's a lot of hardcore fans for Ghostbusters. Yeah. And we're also doing a thing with uh, right down the street at the Murray Brothers Caddyshack uh, restaurant, because they're going to have a big... Ghostbusters uh, party, and uh, everybody who goes to see Ghostbusters, if you've got like your receipt or your ticket stub, you get fifteen percent off all the food at Caddyshack. All right, so if it's uh, it's, it's almost sold out, but it's, almost sold out. So how can people get tickets? AMCTheaters.com. AMCTheaters.com. Yeah, there's there's the a lot of program. Ghostbusters fans out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah, had yeah. Ernie Hudson really on the hard. show ever? Have I ever had good, Ernie Hudson on the pal. show? Yeah. No. Oh, he did a bunch of Twilight Zones for me. Such a nice guy. Yeah. If you ever do anything with Ghostbusters again, I didn't know you were doing anything ghostbusters but if you were yeah no it's it's um you know i mean we're it's gonna be it's gonna be we're gonna have a lot of people out there oh man um, and i think fun. if i'm not mistaken i believe some are gonna some people are coming in costume i was just about to ask oh. you do they dress up yeah. and get uh, into uh, yeah, it well we've got there's a there's a real hardcore uh chicago ghostbusters contingency uh and i think they're i think even someone's gonna drive the ecto the, the ecto mobile really um yeah <laughs> i mean i, th- I know that there i know fun. that there are a lot of people who are coming in costume right. I know that that's for a, a fact. lot of fun because there's, wow. there's some real hardcore fans for that I know. movie i know so you slimed me yeah well i mean there's there's some classic stuff in in, in in that film um i hadn't seen it in a while it had been a while but i wanted to catch up on it just you know for the screening now i've watched it a couple of times over the past couple of weeks and I'd forgotten just uh, some of the some of the really really funny stuff. I miss Harold Ramis. Uh, oh man, uh, terribly. Uh, he was guy. one of my one of my heroes. And um, he was a great guy. Yeah. Lisa interviewed him one time I did. too. And I, I did. I, He's I, a lovely I met him man. A couple of times. Lovely too. man. And, he was. And, and the, he was and so funny. One of my heroes. So nice. Like like sure. He he helped form my sense of humor. Um, you know, I, I I've often said that there's the holy trinity of comedy movies. Yeah. Uh, and, and the holy trinity of comedy movies is uh, Animal House, Caddyshack, and Stripes. And the one name that is all three, all three of yeah. them, is Harold Ramis. Ramis. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, stick around because Nick DiGilio is up next. And if you uh, want to see Ghostbusters uh, on at AMC Tuesday night, eight o'clock. Tuesday night, so check that out as well. All right, great, Nick. All right, I'll be listening. And uh, thanks for listening to our show, everybody. We'll be back here next week. Hear the sounds that matter. The top five at five from the Rocon Show with Anna Devlantes weekday afternoons on seven twenty WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio and tune in. It's one oh one in the morning. Time. Time for news. Here's Vic Vaughn.